0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As frozen pierogi maker Mrs. Tease celebrates 70 years of tucking the stuff you love into the soft pasta pockets shaped like a smile, The founder's son and now company president reflects on what it takes to not only survive, but thrive for six decades in the highly competitive food and beverage industry. Well known and beloved by many consumers now, the path to success was not always easy for the frozen pierogi brand Mrs. T's, named after the founder, Ted Tordzik's mother Mary, whose pierogi recipe inspired long lines at fundraisers where she sold them. Many modern entrepreneurs likely can relate to Tom Tworzyk's memories of his father's early struggles going up against naysayers to create a new product category and his effort to overcome early setbacks, such as broken machinery and striking the delicate balance between supply and demand on a limited budget. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Tom Tworzyk shares some of the hard lessons learned by his father. And then himself, as the family-operated brand, earned a spot in the hearts and freezers of multiple American generations. These include the importance of finding and listening to consumers, building and empowering a strong team, knowing when to let go, how to separate fads from trends, and marrying well. Lovingly recalling how his father proved wrong those who ridiculed him in 1952 for leaving a quote, good job in accounting to sell his mother's pierogies in a community where everybody made their own, Tom Torzik describes his father as a lone wolf who created the frozen pierogi category out of thin air.
1: My dad grew up in Shenandoah, went off to college, got a degree in accounting and got a job in accounting, and he was at the firm, Arthur Anderson, for about a year, and then he, uh, he resigned, left them, and to come back to Shenandoah to start his business of making pierogies. So his mother, Mary Twardzik, my grandmother, had a reputation uh, for very good pierogies, and she and the Junia Slovak group, uh Polish ladies group in town with one of the churches, uh, had a great fan base of uh, people for pierogies. Her pierogies. So my dad came home because he remembered seeing the lines of people at church picnics and bazaars and fundraisers for them and said, I think there's a business here. And he was ridiculed for being stupid and a bum when he came back and started a business making pierogies. He uh, left a good job. Who does that? Why do you come back home to make pierogies? Everybody makes their own pierogies. They're, nobody needs this and uh, he had a lot of naysayers in the beginning except for his immediate family who supported him uh, one of the things he would say uh, about his success was he was the first with the most um, first to market that's a, that's a big deal and uh, he was able to create a, a niche uh, and exploit that and then just plug away at it for he worked in the business solid for 40 years uh, before we were able to take over. And he was able to successfully retire from here.
0: Once an entrepreneur or a company finds its consumer, Twarzik says they need to listen to their feedback to know when to iterate and when to stop testing and commit to a product and making it at scale.
1: Um, our first customer was a capital food market in Shenandoah on Main Street. And uh, he told the story of the, the owner of that store at the time uh, Ted, enough with the testing. Just give me something to sell, please. So he was kind of brought along by a customer that would help him, uh, take the leap. He originally started selling them refrigerated. With refrigerated, there is a spoilage issue. You, food the preservative of freezing isn't there, uh, the product can spoil. So the spoilage and the returns were too much for him and his fledgling, fledgling business. So he converted to freezing. So that's how we got into frozen in Um It was a matter of necessity.
0: Despite Twarzik's assessment of his father as a lone wolf, he did acknowledge that a key to his dad's success was his dedication to quality, consistency, and the people who he could employ to help him that would be responsible for the quality and consistency for our fans.
1: My my dad knew he couldn't get there alone. Uh, He actually, his nature was he prided himself on being a helper. He he grew up with that uh, with his dad, and so he was always looking for uh, being surrounded by people who could help, and he always was grateful for that and very loyal to the people that came to help.
0: This gratitude likely was reinforced by memories of trying to go it alone in the beginning, which meant doing not just what he loved, but also what he didn't.
1: I remember him telling the stories about my face would hurt from smiling all day and trying to get people to try my pierogies. Uh, My dad was an inside guy. He was a manufacturer. That's what he loved to do. So sales and being outside and doing that face-to-face consumer thing wasn't his natural playing field. Um, he he really, really loved making pierogies. So when he was able to find Jim Brown, James O. Brown out of Pittston, he was a salesman. He was a broker. They formed a partnership, and basically, my dad got the ability to make pierogies, and Jim was responsible for selling them. And my dad said he, he was free then to just stay inside and figure out how to make more pierogies. And so, he, so over the years, of course, it was him starting. He had his mom helping. He had his dad, his uncle. Um, he hired those first four ladies that we have in our picture. One of which is my uh, was turned out to be my mother-in-law, uh, Dorothy Peronio. God rest her soul. Um, So he he was able to hire people to join his business, and he was able to focus on building, uh, manufacturing more pierogies while Jim went out and sold them. He used to tell the story that uh, Jim's way of doing things was he'd walk into his freezer, which I had been filling up, and he said, "Wow, I have a lot of pierogies in here. I better run a sale." <laughs> and that's what he did. So my dad's whole uh, approach was to make so many that Jim would go out and sell them. And Jim was able to sell them. Jim was able to uh, get us uh, broker partners like uh, Williams and Drake out in Pittsburgh, which became, over time, uh, our uh, most highly developed market. And we're, evidence of uh, the Pittsburghers' love for pierogies is our ability to sponsor the Pittsburgh Pirates' great pierogi race. We've got Douglas Sales, who's been our broker in the metro New York area. They're, they're a, a surviving independent broker that's been with us 64 of our 70 years.
0: Towardzik says that he inherited his father's deep appreciation for his employees' efforts and dedication, which he said has allowed him to consistently deliver a consistent product, even during periods of upheaval such as those experienced by most food and beverage players in the past three years, including strained supply chains, labor challenges, and a constricting economy.
1: You're not going to be able to deliver that quality or consistency in that product and service to anybody beyond yourself uh, if you don't have good people. And as we talked earlier, my dad was always grateful and loyal to uh, the good people he was able to surround himself with. So we are still committed to people. Good people, treating them well. Pop, uh, the, the greatest compliments I've gotten are when people who worked for decades with my dad uh, would say, I see your dad in that action you did. Well, thank you very much. So those have been important to me. Maintaining my dad's legacy and philosophy towards being honest, being dedicated to the people, the consumers, the product. I I always compliment our people on the continued decades of vigilance and diligence. Um, They care. Uh, We're we're doing something in the plant now uh, with some new equipment. And uh, one of the installers from another company, we just – caught each other out in in the street. He's going to lunch. And uh, he said, I have to tell you, I am so impressed. Nowhere have I worked on an install where the people are so united as a team. So that was beautiful to hear. And uh, it's a challenge to put new equipment in and and new processes and new technology. So it takes a lot to be united on that. Um, But, yeah, he noticed it. So I'm, I'm thrilled to say that I, I believe that we've been consistent over the 70 years of that focus, the, the values uh, on our product and our people and uh, our consumers.
0: As Mrs. T's team has grown over the past six decades, Twarzyk made what can be a very difficult decision for some founders and leaders. He opted to let go of making every decision like his father, and instead empower other company leaders to think creatively and advance the business in ways he never would have imagined.
1: My dad, he used to be the single point decision maker, and that has changed. We have a lot more autonomy amongst the management of this business. There are definitely different ways of doing things, and we are absolutely experiencing that with People across the organization, so long as they're guided by the same bedrock principles of what are you doing it for? We're doing it for the product, the consumer, the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been moving the company in better directions than I would have thought of. there been a lot of things that we're involved in. That wouldn't have been on my radar. Alyssa's is smiling here at me unknowingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's good. I mean we've been, we've been evol- evolving. I think the uh, work that we're doing to stay relevant to our consumers as they change. Has been critical to our uh, continued success. And I don't know if that would have been my nature. So without the people around me, I, I don't know that we would have been able to uh, evolve with with that.
0: By letting go and empowering more people to support the business, Twarzik says Mrs. T's more easily can keep up with quickly evolving consumer demands be it new flavors or new ways of cooking.
1: I think one of the big challenges um, that we face is trying to have a business model that allows for us to do something, to respond to something we learn about what the consumers want, and adjust when we may have missed the mark or we're too late or through no fault of anybody, the consumer's changed their mind yet again. Um, what's a fad? What's a trend? What's a uh, hit or miss? So consumers with frozen, back in the day, you had frozen food. The convenience was it didn't spoil. Um, having frozen food was uh, a necessity for food preservation, and then you started to realize that I could have this in my freezer at my convenience. I can have a variety of things because it can be shipped. It can come from other places. It can come out of season. Then it develops into what can I do with these? What more can you do for me? Um, convenience definition changes all kinds of ways and all kinds of times. And uh, for us, we're trying to stay yeah, I'm trying to stay relevant with people's evolving or changing tastes. They are evolving with bolder flavors, um, different flavors from other parts of the world that uh, wouldn't have been considered, quote-unquote, strictly American. Uh, back, We have added some products over the years because we do the research and we've asked people what kind of flavor profiles interest you? So we'll give them ideas, we'll give them concepts, and uh, we'll gauge their favorability to those things. Then you have to go and do the hard work of actually making something that's going to deliver on what you promised them. We're not always successful with that. Um, there have been things we've walked away with or walked away from because we weren't succe- able to successfully – develop the, the, the product, the flavor profile. Uh there are things that take longer than you had hoped to uh try to get it right. But the the reward for that is indeed getting it right and uh, your consumers reward you with repeat purchases. The some the risk though sometimes you might miss that boat. Um you try to develop something because of what you know is happening in the uh, consumer mindset, and you take too long, and they've either moved on or somebody's already filled that void. So we've got teen flavors that have devel- developed uh, in our stable right now, and we've had more, and they've it- some have been discontinued. You're out in the market for a while. You think it's successful. It works for a while. And then all of a sudden, it could, if the product loses interest, and uh, you start to uh, lose sales. Or you could be pushed out by something bigger. I, I think the number one uh, customer retention strategy is to have an excellent product. You can get, anybody, you can get any product on a shelf. That just takes money. You can get anybody to buy something once. That takes money through promotion. But to get them to repeat purchase for a long time, that's the magic.
0: Just as important as flavor and taste is keeping up with how consumers cook and the latest technology that they lean on in their kitchens. Torczyk remembers when microwaves first gained prevalence that his company struggled with the edges of its pierogies drying out and curling. Now, he says, the company also needs to think about air fryers, boiling bags, and other advancements that consumers expect when buying products.
1: So trying to stay up with what people are doing, what they want to do, what they think and or, or make the next best thing, the next big thing, it... Uh, it requires, again, diligence and vigilance uh, of watching what's happening, listening to your consumers, and then try to figure out how can I meet them where they're at. How can I, as a business, make something that's profitable for us to do that meets their demands, their wants, and now you might have a, you can have a successful business that way.
0: An equally important aspect of the innovate and iterate cycle that is not talked about as often is knowing when to walk away. Twarzyg recalls how his father thought Mrs. T's would be a conglomerate of brands across categories, not just pierogies. But after several attempts to stretch into adjacent spaces with different products, such as frozen pizza, which didn't pan out, he realized doing one thing really well can be considered a success. Innovating new products and expanding a business can be expensive, and because there are no guarantees that a launch or increased distribution will succeed, Taurzic stressed that successfully managing cash flow and carefully considering when to take on debt is essential to long-term success. This is especially true in today's constricting economic environment.
1: Manage your cash flow. Be sure you get paid. Cash flow is oxygen. Um not about taking on debt and leverage and that works for people, sure. I can't say it doesn't, but it didn't work for us. Um my dad started with he started with seventeen hundred bucks in his pocket and uh years into it he was going to buy a truck. I mean everything we bought was either made ourselves or uh Used, uh when he went to buy a truck, he went to the bank, and the bank said, why don't you go home and get your dad to sign for this? And he didn't. He wouldn't do that. He ended up getting a loan from his brother John, my uncle John, and John loaned it against the wishes of his wife, my Aunt Helen, but fortunately for my dad, John did it. <laughs> Helen and John stayed together, had four wonderful children. Everything's great. Uh, my dad was able to pay back John, and John remained my dad's greatest cheerleader through uh, both their lives and the, and the, the business is history. Uh, but gotta manage to get paid and manage your cash flow.
0: Hand in hand with managing cash flow is Tarzik's recommendation to negotiate everything because altering terms later can be difficult or even impossible. His final piece of advice for entrepreneurs entering the food and beverage space, as well as those hoping to hold on for as long as Mrs. T's, is to marry well. Not just in business, but in their personal lives. He explains that entrepreneurship can be all-encompassing, and the line between business and personal can easily blur. And so having a life partner who understands that and will be as supportive is essential to the long-term success of the business as well as the individual. With that, we have reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.